Planned Parenthood asked me to show someone how I see them, like really see them. So this ad is dedicated to Sarah. Hey, girl. I see you turning your brand, Breakfast at Six, into an empire. I see the way you care and how you make it your mission to empower women to feel like their most beautiful selves through your products. I see your creativity, your honesty, and your passion for what you do. I see you as someone who won't let anything stop them, and I feel very lucky to get to see you, the real you. Planned Parenthood sees you too, and all of us, not as patients, but as people, deserving of understanding, compassionate, quality health care, and education. And they understand the importance of having access to that care so that you can define exactly where you're going. Visit www.beseen.org to learn more about how Planned Parenthood is here to see you become who you will be. That's www.beseen.org. Hey, y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey, y'all, we're back with another episode of Damsels in Detroit. This is, I believe, episode 53. Um, Very exciting. And today I'm sitting here with, well, sitting here virtually (laughs) with Lori L. Ward. Um, So, of course, I'm going to read a little bit about her before we get started. Um, So let's go. Lori L. Ward is a lifelong Detroiter and the executive director of Figure Skating in Detroit, an organization that empowers girls of color by combining the power of education with the grace and discipline of figure skating. Lori has strong youth development experience with a 20-year career in public and charter school systems as a teacher, peer mentor, and school principal. Her passion and dedication to empower, educate, motivate, and build leadership capacity in girls of color is a lifetime journey she continues to be committed to. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Of course. Thank you for joining. Um, So we can hop right into our questions because I have quite a few. So I want to make sure we can cover as much as possible. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. So my first question, excuse me, is just for you to tell everyone that is possibly unfamiliar more about figure skating in Detroit. Sure. So we are an all girls of color academic and leadership program for girls with figure skating. So a lot of times when people hear our name, they think it's um, solely figure skating. Mm -hmm. But figure skating, uh, while it's a beautiful disciplined sport um, that takes a lot of hard work, it really is the carrot that uh, attracts um, our girls to want to to be a part of the program and then once we get them we then you know the sky's the limit with Mm -hmm. um teaching them you know making sure their um academic muscle is strong we talk about college readiness careers um leadership self-esteem all of those other amazing things that girls need in their toolbox to uh to get ready for the real world yeah yeah so a lot of people don't know that um, so when I was looking on the website, I assumed before I got on it that it was solely figure skating, like it was almost like a figure skating girls club in a sense. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when I got on the website, I was like, oh, my God, they do so much. And this is great because you mm-hmm. do want to have like a well-rounded experience, right? You just want to you want to see how you can incorporate other life skills into the main thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
And another thing they don't real people don't real sometimes don't realize is all year, like we have our after school program. It's called I Can Excel. Mm-hmm. And then we take a little bit of a break um, to prepare for our summer uh, programming. It's called Summer Dreams. Mm-hmm. So we really um, are all year round and just trying to work with uh, as many girls as possible. We start enrolling at age six mm-hmm. all the way until mm-hmm. they are 18, graduate from high school. But then we have post-secondary support for our girls once they graduate. That's amazing. So how has the organization been impacted by the pandemic? Because a lot of this, I'm assuming, before was in person. So, Mm -hmm. one, how did you guys even handle the figure skating lessons? Like, did those kind of just have to take a pause? Um, And then even with the after-school program and things like that, how have you guys had to shift? Yeah, so um, it it was challenging, but, you know, this is when – we teach the girls about tenacity. We have to live by it ourselves. So that kicked in. So <clears throat> last spring, when it really hit tough, um, we paused for, um, I don't know, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And we started mm-hmm. a full virtual um, program with our girls that really focused on their social emotional side. You know, a lot of young people, girls, boys, people, period, were devastated and were really dealing with... Um, you know, how, you know, what's to come, the unknown. Mm-hmm. And so uh, many of our girls really needed our support, not being used to um, going to school on a computer, you know, not being able to see their friends, you know, loved ones around them that may have fallen ill. Um, so we, we pivoted to a, a platform that allowed us to help them while they were transitioning to this online learning type school situation. But at the same time, really focus on their social emotional side. Like, you know, girl, are you okay? You know, what can I do? Let's just talk. How are you feeling? And then remember that was also in the, during the same time as the social justice movement, the Black Lives Matter and protests. So we we addressed that as well. We saved time. A lot of what we were doing when we were virtually in front of our girls was just, how are you doing? You know, how are you handling this? You know, how are you coping? And so a lot of our families shared with us that that was a huge support. So that was our first pivot. And then our summer dreams programming um, transitioned to outside fitness because we weren't able to get on the ice. The ice rings were closed, right? Mm-hmm. So we created virtual workshops where we were still talking about girl power, leadership, self-esteem. But then we met up at a park, a local park. Um, where we were masked up, we followed social distancing protocols, and the girls got to work out, which they needed that fitness. So many girls at that point were becoming uh, immobile, weren't really active, were spending long hours in front of the computer. So, um, again, masked up, and we were able to do yoga, you know, kickboxing, which are some of the same things we do pre-pandemic in our our face-to-face classes. But, um, you know, our bar... Uh, which is a form of ballet, strengthening. And so, you know, yoga, hip-hop. So we did those things outside during the morning with the girls. And then they had a, provided a packaged lunch. And then in the afternoon, they got online with us just for an hour. So we didn't make it long to talk about, again, how are you doing? What do you need help with? And did some fun girl power stuff. Yeah, I think that's have those conversations early on because, I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, my mom teaches, so 
I know it was such okay. an adjustment for kids that young to be in front of computers for eight to, well, I don't know how long school is now, six to eight hours a day, <laughs> too long. Yeah, um, you can imagine, you yeah. can imagine, yep. And for our after school program, which just wrapped up, uh, we were able to get back on the ice the gov- mm-hmm. once the governor opened the rinks back up, which was a huge blessing. But our workshops, um, academic, tutoring, uh, enrichment, social emotion, that continued to be virtually for an hour or so during the uh, week. Um, we also created day mentoring where we extended ourselves to our girls uh, while they were online during their virtual schooling. Because a lot at that point, uh, many parents who were working, had to work in the home, were back out of the house and they didn't have, you know, they have pretty much maybe a older relative to sit with the, with the girls. So we provided that daytime mentoring as well. And then our um, in-person was uh, limited to the ice rink where we got to be on the ice. So they got to be back doing that, which is something that they love. So that was, uh, you know, what we did for this after school, I can excel program time. And normally our field trips, we call them experience Detroit. We brought people to us. We, we took advantage of the virtual world. Like, okay, we can do some things. And so we had, Normally, where we would take our girls to visit and talk and experience, we brought those experiences through the virtual world to them. So it worked. It worked. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so how long have you been with the organization, and what is your role like as the executive director? So if you can give us, like, an idea of maybe what your day-to-day looks like. I'm sure it's not the same every day, but. Sure, yeah. Yeah, if you could give us, like, a general idea. Sure. Yep. So I've been, uh, I was the first hiree here for figure skating in Detroit back in 2017. So we are the first and only branch of a larger parent organization called figure skating in Harlem, who has been in existence for 24 years. This is, we're going into our fifth year. So they hired me in as the program director to get things going. Um, and, uh, that's when I hire teachers, coaches, and we got the program off the ground, um, like I said, in 2017, starting with our Summer Dream uh, program. Um, and uh, mainly, I was a program director for a few years before I moved into the executive director's role. And my 100% role right now is to find money, to build relationships, to um, really get the word out who we are, to be a PR person. Um, and uh, uh, bring attention, garner attention to our organizations. And we are a nonprofit. So it's about grants, sponsorships, donations. And so that is my uh, main priority. I'm the overseer of the entire um, organization, of course. I have a education director, skating director. I have a, a communications uh, um, and media person. Um, and then we have our teaching staff coaches, so forth and so on, our counselors, um, social worker. So I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm responsible for everyone, but at the same time, I have a very capable team. These women are dynamic. And so, you know, I um, guide and make sure they have what they have so they can do what they do while I'm out here getting our name out and, again, uh, working with uh, our grant writer to help make sure that we meet our budget and we can, we can be able to, to survive. Yeah, bless all of the grant writers out there because that's mm-hmm. not easy work. 
It's not. It's not. We have a we have a great we have a great grant writer. I really appreciate him. So. Mm-hmm. So, what is your personal experience like with figure skating? Like, do you know how? Did you used to do it as a kid? Um, I just assume that anyone involved with the organization knows what they're doing on the ice. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, no, um, my my experience with figure skating was all recreational. I always loved watching it. Of course, in my day, Debbie Thomas was the only black uh, girl figure skater, ice dancer at the time. Um, so, no, my experience on the ice is very limited. I actually was hired in because of my uh, previous life as an educator, teacher. I was a principal prior to joining figure skating in Detroit. So um, when I came on as program director, that was the expertise that was needed at the time. So yeah, my education background, but only on that ice for fun. (laughs) I just wondered, I was like, she probably knows how to do like all of these tricks like that you see on TV. I'm glad people think that. I'm glad they think that. (laughs) So why do you think it's important to introduce figure skating to girls in Detroit? Because I only know one black woman that figure skates, and that's one of my best friends. Um, she started when we were, well, she started before I even met her. But in middle school, when she told me she figure skated, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever because I didn't yeah. know. I mean, like, you know, we would go roller skating and things, but I felt like ice skating was a totally different realm. So I just didn't know mm-hmm. anyone that was my friend or that looked like me that participated in it. So, yeah, why do you think it's important to introduce that here? Well, you partly answered it. Um, <laughs> it's something that with, it, you know, the accessibility, we have girls that, and a young people, period, and for this, how, I, how I'll answer this is, young people, period, in terms of, of color mm-hmm. who um, don't have the, um, don't have access to it. It's super expensive. It's a very expensive okay. sport, but it's such a beautiful sport. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of drive and determination. And those same qualities and characteristics for girls of color, since that's who we're talking about right now, translate off the ice. So that same sense of, um, you know, strength, and the validity that happens on the ice and all the all of the things that it takes to do those beautiful moves um, and to have to be strong that those are the same characteristics that can serve our girls when they have to show up in the boardroom and they have to be the only black face or the only face of color so that's the the the, the thought process behind figure skating those taking those same um, characteristics that translate on the ice, off of the ice, and to help girls go far beyond. And those girls, they that figure skating, being able to figure skate, it, it builds so much confidence in you. And it would take one of our girls to really explain how they feel on that ice. They feel invincible. They feel super. It's like a superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, that type of that type of confidence. Oh, you can go so far with it. We know um, a lot of times we are the only brown face in a lot of other situations. Unfortunately, that's just the way the world right now. And so being able to have that confidence that you gain from skating um, is, is so beneficial off the ice. Yeah. I watched the video on you all's website from, was it Channel 4 that came and interviewed you all? Or was it? One of them, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Channel um, 4 did, yeah. Um, 
So I watched the video and just like you said, the girls feeling invincible, just listening to some of the ones that they interviewed talk about how much they love being in the program and just how they feel when they get done skating. I was like, this is about to make me cry. It's like, this is so yeah. sweet that one of them says she wanted to be a president. And I'm like, you can't. You can do whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah. So it was just yeah. beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, next question for you. My next question you actually answered, so I'm going to skip around. But um, I know you said okay. that girls ages, was it 6 to 15 are eligible to participate? Well, 6 until 18 when they graduate okay. from high school. Yeah. So, so are there any mm -hmm. other specific qualifications that people need to know of before they try to enroll um, a family member or um, a child? So there is the academic component. Mm -hmm. So we pride ourselves on our girls maintaining A and B averages. So um, again, pre-pandemic, um, when I'm speaking with, I'm meeting with a prospective uh, girl and family, because we don't just enroll the girl, we enroll the family. Okay. And so when I'm speaking with them, um, they have to bring a copy of their latest report card. And if I have a young lady who wants to be in a program, she has C's or below, you know, it doesn't mean she won't get in. There, there's definitely a conversation there because the group has to be committed. So they have to be committed to um, maintaining their grades, showing up after school um, during those uh, academic days, two days, two days a week academic, two days a week on the ice. And so they have to know how to manage and juggle homework. They can't say, oh, I didn't do my homework because I was at uh, FSD. That's uh, our little acronym for mm -hmm. skating the trail. I was at No, they have to understand the priorities in maintaining and juggling and balancing. So we teach them about priorities. And so um, if I have a young lady who uh, whose grades drop below a B, she starts getting a C here or a D here because we collect their report cards three times, pro pro uh, report cards and or progress reports three times during the academic year. And then if someone falls below, they go into mandatory tutoring. They may come off the ice for a minute until they can get those grades back up to a B average. So that is something I do make sure our families understand that there is, we're very serious about that academic um, component and doing all that we can on our end to help the girls maintain those A's and B's. Now, once. But other than that. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to ask, okay. uh, so once someone is in the program, so say a girl comes in at age six, does she automatically get to stay until she's 18? Or is there kind of like a, every year there's a new renewal process or something that they have to go through? Well, that's a great question. So once they uh, join the program, they can stay. Okay. There is an evaluation that all the teachers do on all the girls. And if there is an issue, again, we have a social worker um, that's part of the program, and we talk to the families. We try to, we try to um, meet those kind of issues or challenges head on before it comes down to maybe this isn't the best program for you conversation. And so we make sure we have those conversations with the girls and their, their families, their parents. If we notice any issues, like you know, not showing up or not following rules or being disrespectful, um, and so, um, as long as they are managing themselves, uh, there's a creed that the girls learn, um, as long as they're living by and being committed to that, showing up, showing up on time, have a good attitude, are ready to learn, 
they can stay until they um, graduate out of the program. Okay, amazing. <laughs> um, so what has been your favorite thing about being involved with the organization? Like, do you have any standout moments or maybe there was one girl in the program that like, whenever you tell people about figure skating in Detroit, like that's the story that you always want to tell. Yeah, actually, and I have a bunch of stories, but one of the young ladies, one of our girls that stand out to me was also part of, uh, we're part of a, a National Geographic uh, docuseries called Impact. It just came out. They started with our episode. So let me back up a little bit. So Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman, she um, joined National Geographic and, and came up with this idea to uh, search really the globe mm-hmm. for women that are impacting mm-hmm. girls and women, younger women. And so they picked six women out of the world. And one of those women, one of our skating coaches, they found out about our program. They loved it. And so um, they did. We're part of this docuseries. Again, it's called Impact. And our episode is called Icebreakers. And it follows my uh, skating coach. And she picked several girls that she really felt she's had the most impact. And one of those girls is a girl that is, she leaps and bounds. She came into the program one way, was having low self-esteem, not really liking how she looked. She talked about she didn't like her curly hair. She wanted her hair straight. It's just not really feeling good about herself to now being highlighted in this document docuseries that the world is seeing. It's getting worldwide attention. And she's a little po- poet laureate. She's written. And if when you watch the docuseries, I hope everyone is listening to your show today, gets a chance to check it out. And you'll hear her poems, her poetry being read. And so that is huge. Out of, out of a lot of other wonderful things and stories I could tell, this situation with being selected by National Geographic, I mean, it's history making. Being a part of this docuseries, having my coach and my girls one that has to be the standout right now. Sure there'll be some more someone asked me this question next year or year after I'll have more stories. But right now this is huge for us. Like I said, it's history history making and I'm so proud. I think that the coach that you're you're mentioning is the coach that was my best friend's coach. Um is her name Lauren, you said? No, but we've met Nina. Nina. Nina's my skating director. Yes, so that was my best friend's coach. Okay, and she also um, coached the young lady that's in the docuseries. That's the skating coach. She coached her as a little girl. So, yes, our skating director is um, amazing. Amazing. She makes that magic on the ice happen and off the ice. The girls love her. She's a great mentor to the girls. And her coaches, she makes sure she brings in coaches that she's either had some connection with, um, who also can extend extension of the philosophy of building into girls of color, mentoring, supporting. They uh, mimic that sentiment as well. I think mentoring is seriously so important. Like, I cannot stress that enough, especially with the younger ones, because sometimes you don't, yeah. they don't have someone that they can immediately go to for advice Mm -hmm. or you know just to even feel comfortable 
talking to them about like how you were saying earlier, how are you feeling? What are you? So sometimes it does take that outside party to like bring out those amazing qualities. So I just, I love this. Yep. You're, you're spot on with that. Um, so is there any fun programming coming up later this year? So I know we're still kind of like in a very weird state, like some things are virtual, mm-hmm. some things are in person. So, and I know you mentioned before that you guys were having a big event. Did it pass already or is it coming up? No, it's actually this Thursday, May 13th. It's our uh, first virtual gala. Normally we have a big spring skating show, um, which is just phenomenal. Again, we can't do that. So we switched to a virtual gala where you'll see our girls skating, um, performing uh, uh, different numbers, some groups, some solo. And we also have uh, interviewing Elijah Baldy, who is a, who is a phenomenal. He's a, a, a young skater who has um, been involved in some, some championship level. Um, but he also co-started uh, the uh, Diversity um, Alliance group. And I hope I'm saying the title correctly. But I know it's about diversity on the ice and bringing attention to the lack of diversity on the ice and, and, and meeting with a group of uh, thinkers to help um, solve that problem, that issue. Figure skating should be more diverse. It should be more accessible. And so he has a huge hand in, in speaking that language. And again, he's a phenomenal skater. So we're, we'll be interviewing him. And there are a number of other um wonderful performers that will be part of this, including Gail Godot is going to be speaking. Um, Again, she's the actress that plays Wonder Woman and now just a trailblazer with this uh, Women of Impact docuseries. So uh, it's going to be huge. It's called Figure Skating in Detroit, a celebration of Detroit youth. So May 13th, and I can make sure you get the uh, registration link to share on your page if you'd like to some of your Hopefully you and some of your followers will join us on Thursday. Yeah, that would be really great. I, just, I mean, I love events where you can get all dressed up, even if, you know, right now it's just from your living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to do what you yeah. got to do. That too. Okay, so I have a listener question. It's really a two-in-one, and it's from, okay. like I said, one of your former students, and I'm going to get her last name so that you can remember <laughs> Um, but she wants to know what drove you to leave traditional education so I know from like I said my mom teaches and she's going to retire this year but it's I mean you grapple with it right because you have dealt with so many students you have made connections with them and then to kind of walk I I don't want to say walk away because I feel like with teachers you never truly lose contact with a few of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know it can be difficult. So, what was that? What was that like for you? I don't see that I've walked away from it, but traditionally speaking, I transitioned out of uh, the normal um, uh, world of education. And uh, you know, I started off as a teacher, and I became a principal. My love was still in the classroom, guiding teachers. Uh, observing, giving feedback, um, and I still, I, I, I began to be discouraged with the powers to be in, in traditional education, the box 
that they tried to create and kind of like cookie cutter learning. Everybody had to do it this this way at this time, which is really goes against the human grain. We're, we're different. We learn different. And so there was a lot of pushback and creativity. And so, um, again, it got discouraged. And from my time in college learning to become a teacher, I've always wanted to work with girls. I found myself gravitating toward mentoring girls. And so even as a principal, um, I wanted to focus on more things for girls. And, and most of what was being brought my way were things to help kids that were already in the, either in the system or one foot in the system. It was a lot for boys. And so I really felt like I need to be doing more where, where my voice can be heard. And so the last school I was principal of uh, closed down because of money. It was a charter and they didn't have the money. They couldn't go any further. And so at that point I said, well, you know, what am I going to do? People were coming to me with offers to, you know, you should really, this school need a principal, you should apply. But I had to take a pause and really think about what was really next for me. And I heard about figure skating in Detroit. It was like, I, like the heavens opened up. And so I felt like, wow, this is my opportunity to really work specifically with girls. I'm still in education because that is the crust of what we do. Academics, academic preparation, post-secondary. So um, it was a, it was just a match made in heaven. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other question she had was of the multiple sporting options, why figure skating? And I feel like you've touched on the importance of it. So I'm going to frame it as, do you feel that the model for figure skating in Harlem and figure skating in Detroit can be incorporated with other sports that are not really prominent in our communities, maybe like a lacrosse or even like a hockey um, but do you, and do you think that you guys would ever kind of like branch out to do like a blank in Detroit? So yeah, like almost like taking mm-hmm. some of those other sports and just incorporating that same process with those. Yeah. So I think it can be attached to, so the idea of building leadership capacity, confidence, um, self-esteem, I think that can be attached to whatever sport. So for us, um, our founder and CEO was a figure skater. And she was in Harlem and she's at the rink helping some girls who were literally just wanted to learn how to skate. And then it turned into a full program because you, you can't separate the two. It's like, you know, you're an athlete, but you're a student athlete. Mm-hmm. What else are you preparing for the athletic program or the particular sport that you are doing should help build confidence and prepare you for where it is that you want to go. You know, some of our girls become professional skaters and can, and can receive a check for doing that. Then great. They go on to the Olympics, but we know that that's not to be all the end all. It's really building up their confidence and helping them um, to really go to college for free. First of all, they can get a scholarship. And look at longevity. What's out there for me? What is my life? You know, what journey am I on? What path am I on? And so, um, yeah, I think it, I think it could go with whatever sport. But again, ours was specifically around figure skating because of our founder and CEO, and because it's, it's such a beautiful sport that has um, very little accessible. It's not accessible to inner city youth, and so that was the attraction for us with figure skating. But yes, again, 
as I repeat myself, to answer your question, it can it could be attached to different kinds of sports, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, mm-hmm. lacrosse. You know, those kinds of sports where normally we don't have inner city kids don't have money for it. So, so yeah, yeah. And I think in terms of could it be uh, something else in Detroit? We are specifically about figure skating right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how expensive of a sport it was. <laughs> yeah. I did not even put that together. I just, I don't know why I didn't yeah. think about why it wasn't super accessible to us. Yeah. But. Ice time. Ice time is extremely expensive. Clothing them. They're, they're mm-hmm. skating. Skates alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking five, $600 for a pair of skates. And we make sure our girls have cust- are custom fitted for their skates. So, because again, it could wear and tear on your feet, and we don't want any of our girls having issues. So, um, yeah, it's pretty expensive, and so that's why I always ask for donations, sponsorships, uh, to help us continue doing what we're doing for our girls. Now, do you all take donations all year round, or is there just a specific season for it? No, all year round. If you go onto our website, um, there's a donation button you can click. Um, definitely get in, getting in contact with me. Um, so we have campaigns throughout the year. We have opportunities where it's a, actually, you know, it's a drive to give. But outside of those um, highly uh, advertised events, all year round, we're asking for um, donations um, to help us meet our budget goals. Okay, good to know. Now, what has being the executive director taught you about yourself? Oh my gosh. It, oh, I love that question because I I had some concerns when I was encouraged to apply for the executive director because I'm such a grassroots. I want to be down there with the girls. I want to, and so um, it taught me that the power, my power of persuasion, is pretty up there now. <laughs> Being able to persuade others. And to be able to build relationships, the giving piece, getting people to want to give, donate, sponsor, join somehow, has a lot to do with building relationships and maintaining them. And so I really learned that my that is my strong suit. Like everybody has to know their core. Mm-hmm. Kind of got to know your core and your gut. What you you know what your purpose is. And so I um, downplayed my power of building that capacity uh, to uh, persuade others to give, gain their attention, to build and maintain those relationships. So I really have learned that that is my core and I'm pretty good at it uh, because I believe in it. So you have to believe in it. People can tell when you don't. This is more than just a check for me. You know, working in a nonprofit world isn't, you're not going to get rich doing it. You're not going to get rich off of dollars and cents, which you will get rich off of the reward you see in these girls. We've had, we had our first high school graduate in 2020. And so I'm looking for, yes. And it was such a, oh, such a bittersweet because it was during the pandemic, but she was out there participating in the protest. She's in college now, and she's an intern in our uh, media, social media department, working under our PR director. And so she's still very much with her and we still, support her and uh, you know assist her so seeing that even back when I was a teacher and principal running into my former students and hearing them say you know it's something that you said or you know because you said this or did this uh, it's just 
reward, money, you can't even put a dollar sign or price on the rewards you get from that. So I don't yeah. know how you walk around and you just don't burst out in tears every day. I think I would just cry. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I have plenty of those those uh teary moments of joy. So yeah. I look forward to more. That's so beautiful. I I probably would just be boohooing if like because I'm assuming the girl that graduate just graduated probably started when she was small, smaller. So just to watch somebody grow, not only like physically, like, oh, you're taller, but like go through life experiences yeah. and see how they handle it and see how you all have made an impact on her life. And now, of course, you have because she wanted to come back and intern with you all. And I think that exactly speaks volumes. So I love it. I agree. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I just have a few more questions. Um, sure. So what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? Wow. I think to be a damsel in Detroit is to be someone who has a need. And you know that it takes a community to meet that need. And you're not afraid to reach out, to extend yourself, to move all stops out of your way. You're not afraid of roadblocks. You just figure out a way to get around them and pulling together the community to help you do it. You know, building up that strength. That's what it, that's what it means to me. Yeah. I love community. I think just building that network. And I feel like that's what I'm trying to do or, you know, show people that it's possible because you often hear people talk about like, I'm not getting support or something like that. But I'm like, here's this, list of resources of women in the city that can help you with whatever you feel like. Right. So I think that's really what I'm trying to accomplish here is that sense of community because so many of us do so many things and are willing and able to extend a hand or help each other. So that was a great. Exactly. Especially being a woman of color and then being a mom and a wife. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we don't, spend too much time grappling with what we don't have. We roll up our sleeves and find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if someone wants to enroll in figure skating in Detroit, enroll their child, um, how do they do so? Is there like a specific and like an open enrollment period? Is it open any time? Mm-hmm. Um, how do they go about doing this? Right. So right now we're gearing up for our summer programming. And if someone is interested, the best way to reach out is to uh, go to our website or really to email me, you know, um, and my email address is lward at figureskatingindetroit.org. But they can go to our website. Um, You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, um, those uh, uh, avenues, and send us a message. We always answer messages within 24 hours. I pride myself on that. And uh, reach out. We'll get in contact. But, yeah, right now we are gearing up to start registration. We haven't yet, but we'll be starting registration soon. And the best way to find out that information, those dates, is to follow us on our social media website, our, our social media platform, um, and or our website at figureskatingindetroit.org. And uh, that's the way you'll hear about that. There are always limited spaces. We can't take everybody, obviously. We always end up with a waiting list, which for me is a good thing. It means we're wanted. We're in demand. 
Yep. And then for our after school program, we'll start back registering, doing early registration for that in uh, August. Our after school program, again, it's called I Can Excel, goes from October, the first week in October, all the way until May when we uh, wrap up for the uh, end of the, in the, that's our end of our after school programming time. And then we get ready for summer programming. But yeah, those are the ways to connect with us. Okay. And you answered my very last question, which was where can people stay connected with you? Okay. Okay. So you hit it all in one sweep. Um, Great. Thank you so much, Lori. This was super informative. Um, I had actually been following the page for a little while and Okay. Yeah, before I got on the website, I was like, this is just the cutest thing. I love seeing little people in ice skates. I just, <laughs> I think it's adorable. Wonderful. Yeah. So thank, thank you so much. No, thank you. I hope everything goes well on Thursday. Um, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And even though it's virtual, I'm sure the love will be felt yep. <laughs> on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So we got to do it. We look forward to being kind of back to how we were, you know, it's going to, you know, with what, how the world, with what has happened in the world, I don't know if we'll ever be exactly like we were. I feel like we can be better though. We can be smarter, we can be wiser. So, but we look forward to having more in-person events um, next program year. Yeah, I do too. I just, I just want everybody (laughs) to do what they need to do so that we can do, like you said, I don't think we'll ever get back to a, a life that is worry-free. I think it's always going to be in the back of our minds, but yeah, if everybody can just do their part to just think of other people, like we can't just think of ourselves anymore. um, Yeah. I think we'll be better off. So agreed, but thank you so much again. Um, As always, I want to thank you guys for listening and remember that Detroit girls do it better and we'll be back next week.